This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. All right, Matt, we are back talking about Off the Deep End with an original song that all music referred to as one of the best songs on the album, along with Trigger Happy and You Don't Love Me Anymore. Wow, of all music. That's, yeah, yeah seriously. High praise from all music. And a song so beloved, we couldn't just have one guest. He had to bring a friend, a fan favorite, and guest fa- and just co-host favorite, MC Lars is here. Everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite. MC Lars is here with (laughs) Shaver the Dark Lord. This is our first time having two guests on one episode, I think, right? Oh, it's going to be chaos. (laughs) I can't wait. We're going to talk over each other constantly. It's going to be be great. Yeah. It'll be great. great. I'm excited. I've only got one quick thing about this episode before we just get crazy. And I've talked about this book before. I have that book, Weird Al Seriously, by Lily Hirsch. Remember that name? She might be coming up later on the podcast. Who knows? And in that book, uh, there's only a brief mention of this song to which she said it was a style parody of Don Henley. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely a style parody of Dirty Laundry. I literally wrote down, I assume she's referring to Dirty Laundry. Like, that's it, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's it's what so it weird. has to so, be. <laughs> yeah, I saw this online. I had never, prior to this, the research for this episode, I had never heard that before. I don't think I knew Dirty Laundry. And I looked, it was a big hit. I mean, of course, at this point now for Don Henley, Boys of Summer is just like the beginning and the end of the list of his like biggest songs. But sure, this was sure. like his first, apparently his first big single post- Eagles. Dirty. Yeah. Like, I, I actually thought Don, Dirty Laundry was an Eagle song. Uh, there you go. And, and, and then I, so I looked up when I was reviewing the song, I looked up to be like, is, I, I guess I never realized that this is a parody of, of Dirty Laundry and it isn't. It's a style <laughs> parody, but, but that's how I learned that Dirty Laundry was a Don Henley song and not. There you go. Which, I don't want to look. I don't know. Don Henley could be a delightful man. Let's also address the elephant in the room of what Dirty Laundry is about. <laughs> Which is literally him complaining about the unfair way that the news covered the fact that I I believe the story is that an underage girl overdosed in his house, and people were like, Are "Why?" You serious? Yeah, and people were like, "Why is a sixteen-year-old minor taking quaaludes with Don Henley in his home?" 
And he wrote this song as a response to like, leave me alone. Guys, <laughs> great, just... great news. I got a quote right here. All right, Don here Henley in an interview with GQ magazine in 1981, because this is years back. Like uh, he, yeah. he did an interview that, that came out later. But in 1981, uh, he said she was fine by the time they got there. I had no idea how old she was. I had no idea she was doing that many drugs. I didn't have sex with her, you understand. Yes, she was a hooker. Yes, I called her a ma- yes, I called a madam. Yes, there were roadies and guys in my house, but we were saying farewell to the Eagles. <laughs> oh my god, it only now occurred. I didn't all right, I didn't know those details, but this you know the the 1997 film Boogie Nights yeah. that has that is that is basically yes. just a big parody of a whole bunch of like real life things and things scenes from movies. That scene basically is in Boogie Nights. It's basically yes. in Boogie Nights, yep. That's not cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not cute. It's not a great story. It's, I mean, the idea that, uh, talk about how times have changed, the idea that Don Henley would like attempt to defend himself, or I don't know, like it, it is a, a wild, <laughs> it's a wild thing to write a song about. And then for Al to, well, you know, so I guess in a sense, I, I really was skeptical when I saw that this was a style parody because- uh, Lars, I know you know this, but like there's, if you look online, there are so many tenuous attempts from fans to match a song with a style parody for Al that I think a lot of the time is just not true. Yeah, they're just and I always assumed this was out. just, I always thought this was just Al doing like a very like straight, like kind of hard rock, like 80s, like sort of glam um, or like hair metal, very straight groove thing. And then the idea, of course, that there's the part of the joke musically is that this is this very sort of like young rebellious metal song sung by the most cranky old man in the world. But then listening to Dirty Laundry, it's pretty undeniable. I, Al's is heavier. He definitely has more yes. guitars on his. Oh, like yeah. Henley's is really electronic and it's like synth this, rock it, version. If we're agreeing that Dirty Laundry is what the inspiration is being pulled from, he's still doing a style parody of a song that is 10 years old by yeah. the time this album comes out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Because Dirty Laundry no. was 82. <laughs> like... It's true. And it's one of those interesting lines that it's like not, you know, he could have just done a parody of Dirty Laundry, but maybe that's why he didn't because it was too old. I mean, we already were saying he's parodying New Kids on the Block, which already feels too old. It's like yeah, only a couple years. By yeah. 92, New Kids on the Block parody is like very, very in the in the rearview mirror. And in two weeks, like we're going to be talking about Millie it's Vanilli. Like eBay. It's like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have to just to. Back up slightly because we dove right into the song, but we have a new, we've talked to Lars about this a whole bunch, but Schaefer, do you have any, like before we dive too far into this, do you have any like background with Yeah, your Al? first Al. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you, like, did you grow up with him in any way or, or, or no? Like what's, where, where are you coming into this episode? Yeah, absolutely. I grew up, uh, I was a little kid in the early eighties and I had in 3d and dare to be stupid on vinyl. Um, I was a, a big fan. I, I didn't really follow his career very religiously. Like after that, Mm -hmm. I I felt like I'd kind of outgrown him. And then as I got older and started playing in bands and stuff, I started hearing, finding more, more people that were still fans of, of Al's and like listen, listing like certain songs of his that had been their favorites that I'd never heard of. So over the years, I've kind of gone back and piecemeal a little bit of, of the stuff that I've missed. But uh, my, my like, my deep emotional nostalgia is attached to songs from from really from in 3D and and Dare to Be Stupid. That's fair. Right. Specifically, my favorite my favorite Al song ever is also a style parody, and it's uh, One More Minute. 
Oh, it's one so, more minute. That is uh, that's yeah, that's top tier, hold, Al. Top hold tier. on to that. Absolutely. Hold on to that, Schaefer, because okay. there's a thing at the end of this where you might get to uh, make sure that your favorite song is considered number one somewhere. Hey, there um, you go. Now, I do have to ask. We got two people who are categorized into nerdcore, and for most people, they say MC Front a lot is is the godfather of this genre. But I think in a lot of ways, you could also argue. That Al Yankovic has a couple years on uh, on front a lot for for maybe not necess- necessarily nerdcore rap, but that dude was making it cool to write songs about geeky shit <laughs> way before I think almost anybody. Are am I incorrect in that assumption? Is there anyone earlier than Al that you can really think of for pioneering that in mainstream culture? Uh, Devo. Yeah, I guess Devo would be the only other they, one. They, yeah, D- Devo made being a dork pretty cool. <laughs> and Al clearly loved Devo because he did Dare to Be Stupid. It was like clearly a big influence yeah. on Al. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, Devo is different because they were just through with being cool. Like they had there been cool go. previously, <laughs> and then they got sick of it. Yeah, that's but... that is a, that's an important distinction. That is an important <laughs> distinction. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's let's dive into this song because. This is another one of the we've talked about like the different categories of alisms and one of them is definitely complaining about minor inconveniences to the most absurd level and this I feel like is like an offshoot of that. It's not exactly the same as like a slime creatures from outer space where you've got these aliens destroying earth and your biggest complaint is like they've messed up my rug. But it's definitely in a in a similar category for sure of him blowing things up yes. to the most ridiculous degree. It's blowing things out of proportion, and it's also just constantly upping the ante of the <laughs> uh, of how uh, inconvenienced this is. This is such an interesting thing because this feels like this is a really well worn comedic road right like we have this is a a joke that has been done a million times the idea of like oh when when i was your age literally the line like that's that's been done a million times but in my research for this i found like i think what is the actual origin of this as a joke and it comes it comes from a show called i had never heard of this before but it's called at last the 1948 show and it is a precursor to monty python It was actually created by a few different guys, but one of them was John Cleese. And there is a sketch you can look up online. This is one of those like old BBC shows that like no one even bothered to archive properly. So like there's episodes (laughs) missing. It's like early Doctor Who, like just lost media all over the place here. But there is a sketch that they did on television in I have the year here in 1967 of these four old men sitting around a table talking about and they're drinking like fancy champagne. And they're saying like, man, can you imagine 40 years ago, like the idea that we would ever be here just like living it up like this this is just incredible. And then they go down the line talking about their rough childhood and trying to one up each other. And it's hilarious. Like you have to look it up. It's like, it's like, oh man, when I was growing up, we used to live in a tiny house with like holes. The roof was full of holes. And the other guy's like, a house? You were lucky to have a house. I was, I was sharing say, a room. Is this the one? Is this yeah. one where they say, like, you were lucky? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's like the reoccurring <laughs> yeah. phrase. I, I, I shared a room this. with 26 other people. <laughs> room? You, I just lived in a corridor. Oh, <laughs> right. a corridor would have been a palace to me. We were in a <laughs> bin in the back. We used to live in this tiny old tumble-down house with great big holes in the roof. House? You were lucky to live in a house. We used to live in one room, all 26 of us, no furniture, half the floor was missing. We are all huddled together in one corner for fear of falling. 
You were lucky to have a room. We used to have to live in the corridor. Oh, we used to dream of living in a corridor. <laughs> Would have been a palace to us. We used to live in an old water tank on a rubbish tip. We got woke up every morning by having a load of rotting fish dumped all over us. House? <laughs> well, when I say house, it was just a hole in the ground covered by a sheet of tarpaulin. But it was a house to us. And it just goes on and on and on, spiraling down the line. And Monty Python wound up revisiting it later on. Like, they did a version of it, too. But Al's obviously a Monty Python fan. That has to be at least a big, big influence for what where this song came from for him. It really hits almost... Some of the same marks are, are right there in terms of... Uh, so I don't know if the joke even goes back earlier than that. But it's it's funny to think, like... This is a relatively old song now, but the first thing I think listening to this is like, it's funny, but this is also very, very, um, this is a bit that has been done yeah. many, many times. Yes. I just love how aggressive this song is, right? Like the first line of the first verse, he's just saying like, let me tell you, let, let me tell you, Sonny, let me tell you straight. But then by the time we get past the first, <laughs> the first chorus, it's now, let me tell you something, you whiny little snot. <laughs> like, like the frustration at the, the silver spoon that he perceives this kid having versus yeah. him is so aggressive. I mean, that kind of like falls in like my favorite. I mean, this whole thing that you, you, you've described is like one of my favorite flavors of comedy. The absurd premise that's just, it just keeps escalating and escalating. Mm -hmm. It's just this constant crescendo until it, it reaches an absolute zenith of just nonsense. And because there's nowhere to go once you take it that far, <laughs> you just have to let it like implode. And, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I love it. it. Speaks to my heart. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what one crazy thing about this song is that it's the first time I ever heard in a popular song a reference to Nintendo. And I remember when I was like nine oh. or eight, I was like, that's freaking cool. And it reminds me of another reference to a song that referenced Nintendo in the 90s called Halls of Illusion. Yes. By ICP. <laughs> subscribe to Hatchet Chat, you guys. Just stop what you're doing and get on that Hatchet Chat <laughs> podcast right now. Lars manages to get that plug in every time he's on, and I love it so much. <laughs> I mean, there's, the line from ICP is, um, your wife might see two kids on the floor. She, he, he, They play Nintendo, and she's got the high score but sitting behind him chilling in your chair is the wife and your love no you ain't there it's a story of what happens when illusions in reality an exaggerated <laughs> lack of entertainment contrasting visions of what the american dream should be and discipline juxtaposed with extreme punishment manifest in a way that shows that sometimes our metaversal small worlds keep us away from broader manifestations of truth, but sometimes they're protective too. And in the Weird Al song, it's an intergenerational thing where cruelty to animals, pouring salt on snails, is no longer a sustainable way to interact with the natural world. And the ICP and the ICP song, playing Nintendo is why these kids are avoiding being beaten by this abusive stepfather. And all of it is surrounded by illusion and how the 1950s America should be seen. And if you look at the Hall's Illusions video featuring Slash on guitar, it shows <laughs> 1950s archetypes juxtaposed through the dark carnival where the illusion comes away and you see the truth of what's really happening in this dysfunctional mid-90s Midwestern homes. And so I think Nintendo plays a pivotal 
aesthetic realm in both. And I think it's worth mentioning the connection there. So do you think that violent Jay and shaggy Two dope were fans of when I was your age by weird owl and, uh, used as a reference point when writing halls of illusion for great Malenko, the best that, of the ICP it, albums. <laughs> I mean, the great, great Malenko was originally called off the deep end. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of it off, off the big top. Off. <laughs> there it is. What year did that no, come out? Thought, Lars. Malenko was July of 97. Okay, so a few years after. But, but Disney recalled it. Disney recalled it and yeah. it came out again in September. Yeah, they, they didn't rec- like Piggy Pie on it. <laughs> because it because it, the Southern Baptist Church uh, was boycotting Gay Family Day in Orlando, so Disney had a lot of heat on them. So they pulled uh, Hollywood Records, they pulled Malenko from the shelves because it was like getting a lot of press. Then Alex Abbas, their manager, created a whole press campaign, and then they signed with Island and got another million dollars for that record. Wow! But this is not I. This is not Hatchet Chat. This is <laughs> I, I'm, I mean I'm into it now though. I now I, I need to be a guest on Hatchet Chat. I have a lot to learn. Do you know who else is on that record, Matt? On, on Malenko? Malenko? No, I don't. Alice Cooper yep. and Steve Jones from Sex Pistols. Wow! And and when Disney recalled it, Alice Cooper was like, "Oh, I knew nothing about the content. I don't believe in this." But both Slash and Steve Jones were like. We're down, and we love the Nintendo. <laughs> Wait, why is Alice Cooper trying to cover himself about the like? Well, he's he's he a born again Christian at that Disney? point. He's a born again Christian by then. Yeah, he didn't know oh, wow. all. The, he did the little introduction. Alice Cooper and, was born again. Yo, for years from oh, like I didn't the eighties. Know that? Yeah, I didn't know that at all. He was on a plane that was going down, and he apparently was like, "If this plane doesn't crash, I will change my life." Oh, and the plane well, didn't crash. I guess that'll do it, won't it? <laughs> but, but now he doesn't seem to like trans kids very much, so I don't really like Alice Cooper that much either. I don't know what's, don't know what's but, going on with Alice Cooper yeah. now. I, that's I, yeah. I didn't. Uh, that we've ruined is... Don Henley and Alice Cooper for people on this episode. <laughs> We're on a path that, of destruction. Uh, now knowing that puzzle piece does help me put the p- picture together a little better. Okay, well th- that's that was great. I do want to. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to bring up one of my favorite. Like this was never one of my favorite songs in this album, but there was one line of di- uh, one line in the verse. That has always lived rent free in my brain, which was every night for dinner, we'd have a big old chunk of dirt. And if we were really good, we didn't get dessert. Yeah. Love that it. That line's great. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a great line. I mean, there, it really is like this is just like one liner after one liner in a row and they get more and more ridiculous. But there are some really, really good. I mean, I love you already referenced it. The uh, the didn't have no dental floss, had to use old rusty nails, didn't have Nintendo. We just poured salt on snails. <laughs> Did, he, did any of you ever actually do that? Because I remember I had a cousin who did that as a child, and it, it uh, disturbed me a great deal, but he I did it all with, the time. I would with slugs, not snails. I mean, not that mm. that's much of a difference, but I also just, my my whole area was like covered in them sometimes in the summer. So it was more of a protective thing of not yeah. wanting to step on them in my bare foot, uh, run into the pool. <laughs> No, it, never. I never. I never. I. Uh, I never did the thing with the snails yeah. and the slug. But I, I'm sure I, I. I. All of my like dirtbag child growing up animal abuse <laughs> in rural Iowa was like, I uh, like insects at best. It, it, yeah, <laughs> never really ex- extended beyond. It, that. It, I had it. Friends that did terrible things. It was helpful to see someone else do it and realize. Like the second I saw him do it, I was like, "Ooh, this is. I don't. This feels really bad." I don't yeah, like this at all. Yeah, because you saw all. his eyes go black and you saw yeah. his soul Oh, and just like, oh yeah. my God, it's it's horrific. Don't I don't recommend yeah. do it, it, doing it, guys. Don't put no. salt on snails or oh, slugs God, or any of God, those no. sorts of things. I hope no. none of our listeners are considering this. 
Unless you're okay. in the situation of the hit horror film Slugs, in which they are now man-eating slugs, and then well, yeah, that's maybe. yeah, obviously. Yeah. If you're in a <laughs> slugs or a slither situation, then yeah, we you got to take care of it. <laughs> the kid you saw growing up who did that with the slugs, his name it was his name was Eric, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I, it just sounds I, like a real Eric you know, kind of. I've, ar- I've already said too much, honestly. I probably <laughs> okay. shouldn't. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, hey, Matt Milligan. Yes. You remember I gave you that USB with all the rare Weird Al stuff? Of course. It's right over here. Yeah. What? Um, when I first got a CD burner, I had I, w- I used to trade tra- tra- uh, trade tapes on the internet, and I had like a live bootleg of Al at Toad's Place in Connecticut mm-hmm. doing a bunch of songs like Laundry Day and stuff that never came out. And... I burned a CD and I gave it to my friends. And you want to know what I called that CD? It was all rare Weird Al. I called it Weird Al Yankovic, Pouring Salt on Snails. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that was the name of my bootleg that, Al That was your bootleg. Oh, that's great. That's, that's tight, right? That's perfect. That's very <laughs> perfect. I thought that was, it was like really like a mean line. Oh, yeah. Is that why, is that why you picked this particular song? Was <laughs> It reminded you of your mixtape? I was CD? just going to ask. That was the other thing we didn't yeah. talk about. Was Is there a reason? Because I think, Lars, you were the one who suggested this track for you guys. Yeah. Was, was there something about this that made you want to? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Here we go. Real quick. Because Hollywood Records put out the great Malenko, <laughs> and they both have these fresh Nintendo references, we decided to do another song about the greater Disney empire. No, we did. Our new album, 999, is all about like dark themes in Disney. Mm-hmm. And it's it's twinged with nostalgic, like looking back with nostalgia. And this song is about like kind of like a nostalgic guy who's kind of bitter. And we look back at these Disney movies and we wanted to talk about like elements of cruelty and death and things that like are in your formative years that you can either look back bitterly or look back joyfully. And so 999 is a song is an album about nostalgia. So also we wanted to be on your podcast. <laughs> no, that's great. And actually, no, that's perfect. Cause it, it goes into the other thing I was saying, like, and the, the bit like that uh, sketch comedy thing I was talking about that I think was an inspiration for this. Like, isn't it interesting when people even have nostalgia for like suffering? Yeah. Oh, like that's absolutely. what this is. Like, it's so, so interesting. Like it, it, the people who are nostalgic and have this, like have now romanticized just misery. Yeah. And people do it all the time. Like I, I am reminded of like, not to make it too like currently, you know, current political thing, but I like, I, I heard it so many times as a talking point about like canceling student debt of these people being like, well, I got out of it. So these guys can too. It's like, well, that's <laughs> right. not a reason to make everyone suffer just because you survived. Do we all have to like deal with the same like horrific situation? Um, but, it, but it's that, or like, yeah. Or like like salty old band guys who are like, back in my day, we had to set up a whole thing. You couldn't just do rap with a laptop in my day. Like the music industry is full of people who like to remind you that 1974 was better. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I see a lot of this. I I have a couple of people that I keep around on my social media that are just kind of deplorable, conservative, sheltered, uh, hill folk from where I grew up and like, (laughs) rural Iowa yeah. that are still very much that mentality. Yeah. And I feel like, and I keep them around just so I have like a, an actual avatar for right wing mentality. So I can, instead of just shouting into the void, I can shout at somebody named <laughs> Doug and be like, listen, Doug, your values are wrong in this place. <laughs> and one of the big things that they're always coming, they, they love this when I was your kid or kids now. Yeah. They love that. And they seem to like be 
proud of the fact of how much like child abuse they experience. Exactly. And, and we're sharing these memes that are like, oh, I mean, you can't even, you got to give a kid a time out nowadays. When I was a kid, my mom used to just give me a concussion against the stove <laughs> and I was grateful for it. And I'm like, yeah. really, are you? Because you're, you're speaking with a lot of anger. I know. It has definitely not been worked through because there's no way you would go to therapy. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's what it comes to. I, you know, we're not going to My life was ruined and I turned out fine. Yeah. <laughs> Therapy yeah. is a really great thing, everyone. Just yeah. throwing that out there. But but it, it's, it's a useful and that's tool. The, it's helpful. Yeah. But that's the that's the like like subtly brilliant thing about this. As always, like you know, Al. Like this, it's a very, it's a it's a easy. I don't want to say it's an easy joke because that's undermining it in a way I don't mean to. But like I said, this is like comedic terrain we've seen before. Like it's not like a new concept necessarily, but. Um, it's super smart and super clever and, and the way he delivers it in this track is so satisfying. And the fact that I was going to talk about it, like musically for a minute, cause now that we know it's a Don Henley style parody that changes things a little bit, but like musically, this song is pretty boring. Yeah. In my opinion, like it's not that interesting, right? It's a very just straight groove. There's a guitar solo in the middle. That's just kind of like, Okay. <laughs> like it, it, it feels to me, at least I, that that's just my take on it, but it feels like in a way the monotony of the track and the sort of like trudging down the road sort of groove of the track is fits this, the sentiment of the song really well. Like I said, there's like the contrast of the, uh, of the, the very like, mo like young, angry kid uh, groove and the old man lyric, but also just the monotony of the song, I think actually kind of does benefit the lyric too. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. Matt, I don't interrupt you, but I, no, I something. all I had to say was, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so cute. Um, a song that similarly is plotting in its uh, classic rockness and, and is all about the juxtaposition of age versus the current listener is young, dumb, dumb and ugly. I was just yeah. going to say, so yeah, which we haven't gotten to that comes later, but that is the closest comparison. I think, for this song in my mind right away. Yeah. Young, dumb and ugly has because a similar. It, it's like what old people make fun of young people about. Yeah. It's kind of the other spell. side of the coin, right? It's the flip. Instead of this old man yelling at the kids, it's the kids <laughs> bragging about how horrible they are. We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the That's ad. The ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. So I, I'm thinking about a lot of the stuff that we were talking about. We're talking about like the nostalgia for pain and suffering we're talking about. And, and we're looking at this song and I feel like we get to this last, last verse, right? Where he says, dad would whoop us every night till quarter after 12. Then he'd get too tired and he'd make us whoop ourselves. Then he'd chop me into pieces and play Frisbee with my brain. And let me tell you, Junior, you never heard me complain. <laughs> and it, for whatever reason, because that's so dark and it's so fucked up and it's so horrific yeah. that it makes me think of like, I think the king of 
of pun intended of nostalgia with a very dark tint of Stephen King and all of these stories mm. that he tells of like way back in the fifties when kids could wander on train tracks, running away from greasers to find a dead body. Like, <laughs> like it's like through this lens of like, yeah, like, yeah, the good old days of your childhood were filled with horrific, awful things that were happening. Th- those were the good old days. Like <laughs> yeah, the other song. We did. Exactly. exactly. Another one about like weird nostalgia. Nostalgia for your time as a young serial killer. What? There's so many songs that like Al takes the joke, 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 and he escalates. And at the end, he's just dead. Like this is one. Uh, uh, it's true. Uh, one of those days, just yeah, one of that's those. That's right. Yeah. The world blows up. The world, and en- the world ends. Yeah. <laughs> what? Are, how many Al songs were like, that's the final thing. Everyone's a dead corpse. Where everyone yeah. dies. That's a great, we should be keeping better track of we that. Should, yeah, how many we songs end with, with the destruction of, of the world or just Al <laughs> well, at least dying? Smells like Nirvana, the video, he blows up the building, but then he's at the end, he's still singing. Uh, I mean, generic blues, he decides to go bowling instead, but otherwise he would have been dead at the end of uh, end of that. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. This is a, that's a whole other. Yeah, we're going to have to we're going to have to make a separate list of all the songs where Al dies. But this well, is definitely how about every everything you know is wrong. No, no, no. He dies. He goes to heaven. And yeah, he gets yeah the, there's the whole he, he gets the ice and the ice box. Yeah, he gets the ice box <laughs> issue. You know. Great, I'm great, great segue there as we're talking about lists. Matt. Yes. We've got some lists. <laughs> we've got some lists. Yeah, yeah. Matt, where are you putting your original? Where is this song landing on your Matt Milligan Weird Al original songs rankings? I mean, I don't I, I'm I'm not sure. I'm having a hard time. I feel with like this, this is the hardest one I've had to rank in a really, really long time. It is, because there's something, like I said, it's like in a way, musically, this doesn't do a whole lot for me. It's not as fun as a lot of these other ones, but that is arguably part of the part of the joke, and I do like the joke. I'm still gonna put it like in the middle, in like the lower middle section. I'm gonna put it in between Mr. Frump and Checks in the Mail. All right. So just uh, just below Mr. Frump and just above. I'm actually Checks doing something very similar because I'm putting it under Mr. Frump as well, but above Stuck in a Closet, closet with Vanna White. Uh, so that means that our top five and bottom five original songs have not changed. Uh, wow. My top five... Actually, do we have this? No, okay. Ours is slightly different. My top five is UHF at number one, Dare to be Stupid number two, Melanie number three, Nature Trail to Hell number four, and This is the Life at number five. Yours is UHF one, Dare to be Stupid two, Melanie three, Nature Trail to Hell four, and The Good Old Days at number five. Yeah, we're very um, close. What's your for... least favorite? Wow, you... Matthew, you don't even have This is the Life on your list at all? Did you not love? I, I do have this as the Johnny life. It's just oh man, it's you, right uh, here in the dead center. Shaver. It is. It's <laughs> smack oh, in the center. But you know what's funny about that is I liked the Johnny dangerously tie-in music video so much more than Matt did. Yeah, like, he oh. also liked the "This Is the Life" tie-in music video more than the movie Johnny Dangerously as a whole. Oh, I, I think I would too. It's a, it's a great highlight reel set to an Al song, and you don't have to deal yeah. with some of the, the comedy that did not age. Some well. of the uh. weird comedy of Johnny Dangerously. Yeah, no, that I, I had a I had a slightly hard time with Johnny Dangerously. Our, I got our, a solid gold Cadillac and make a fortune while I sleep. I you love "This I'm Is the Life." Legend, not some Dude, the bo- so the bottom of our list is where we really di- uh, are different. So from the Best to the worst on my list from the bottom. Uh, the bottom five is That Boy Could Dance, Buy Me a Condo, Such a Groovy Guy, Buckingham Blues, and Got a Boogie, where Matt's is Cable TV, Let Me Be Your Hog, 
one of those days, such a groovy guy and Buckingham Blues. Matt, you've got an MC Lars episode in your top five and in your bottom five. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's what's the top five? The top five is is good old this. days. Good old days. <laughs> Oh, I've done two or three episodes. You did Smells Like Nirvana. You did Let Me Be Your Hog. You did Good Old Days. Yes. And, and there this. was this one. Oh, and then this one. Yes, yeah, so this is number yeah, four. So for, all right. We, maybe like SNL, we'll have to have a five timers club. So next time you're on, we'll say uh, we're going to get jacket. you a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, we have to make a decision here, though, because we've never had two guests. So the question. Let Schaefer be- do it. Schaefer do it. Okay. I was going to say the question it. becomes. So, Schaefer, looking at this tab right here that says guest rankings, these are every episode that we've had a guest on. You can pick okay. where I when I was your age lands on this list. This is this is ranking obviously it's ranking the song, not the episode. Yes, yes. Like no, I mean obviously everyone's episode. Obviously, is this is the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> wow. So in that sense, it's number one. This is yeah, this is this is hard. All right. So this song's not gonna be it's not even gonna be in in this in the top fifteen, I don't think, for me. Okay. Because there's there's like I again, I may not know have like an encyclopedic knowledge of like Al's That's okay. catalog, but but I know all of those songs. Yeah. Okay. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it up there. Uh I would put it you know, I would put it between King of Suede and Let Me Be Your Hog. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Solid. That's a respectable placement. I would bump one more minute up. There you where, go. Where do you want to put it? Loud. You tell me. Oh, what where? Put yeah. number two. Put number one. Troll these fools. Do the ant farm. They hate it when we do this. <laughs> I don't want to show up, be drunk on my own power and screw up. Listen, be it. drunk on your own power because I think we're still going to give Lars a chance to move something around anyway. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, tight. okay. That's well, tight. then, great. Let's put it at number two. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Below, poke your eyes out. All right. Lars, you make a decision. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to put Smells Like Nirvana number one. All right. Poke your eyes out is a great polka. Yeah. But Smells Like Nirvana is his best song, I think, in my opinion, because even my son likes it. He loves Smells Like Teen Spirit. And he was saying to me, he goes, Daddy, it's not fun to lose. You know how Kirk Cobain says <laughs> yeah. it's fun to lose. That's and true. So then I pl- and then I played him Smells Like Nirvana, and he knows the original so much he goes, he was laughing so much. He goes, he goes, why did he change the lyrics, Daddy? But he was laughing. It's a big and question. And then the cow, the cow, when the cow moves, he was doing the moo. And then when the two, the first time I played it for him, remember Matt, you told me how the guy from Jaws yes. played the tuba thing. Yeah. He knows the guitar solo so well that after the tuba solo, when that came in, he laughed so hard because he got that it was not the right instrument. <laughs> of course, you have a smart so, kid, Lars. Of yeah, course, kids you are do. smart, man. Yeah. <laughs> This kid knows about so, instrumentation. <laughs> yeah. And I think that when I read that thing about Kurt Cobain on the uh, your episode about the thing in the book, like Kurt Cobain liked it, but he like didn't like the album cover, I guess. Yeah. But he liked it. I, I think it makes total sense. I mean, just to go back to that for a minute, I think it made total sense that like Kurt liked the song parody and then even liked the music video, even though he was nervous about it, I guess a little bit. And then the album cover, when that came out, he thought that was like pushing it a little bit uh, yeah, you're just making everything pushing about it a little us. bit far. Yeah. And as we said, that was also like the span of however many months that was, was also some pretty serious hard times for, for Kurt. So, yeah, well, we have completed the episode. We've completed the rankings, but I want the, our two guests here. One last chance. Tell us about nine, nine, nine and uh, everything else you guys are up to. You're so sweet. I try get that plug <laughs> in. Uh, Schaefer, you go, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, so, uh, Lars and I have a fully collaborative album coming out in January called nine, nine, nine. 
It is a tribute to the dark occult or otherwise upsetting elements in classic Disney properties. Um, so we, we really kind of dig into Peter Pan and Pinocchio and the Haunted Mansion ride and the Sorcerer's Apprentice and the Black Cauldron, etc. I would like to say it's a lot of fun. It is. A, I think it's a very fun record, but uh, yeah, some of it's going to be, some of it's kind of upsetting. <laughs> and, it's, and, and we did a Kickstarter for it and it's 11 songs and um, I, I think it turned out great. Let me ask you guys a question. Okay, this is a question <laughs> right. about, about 999. I'm going to tie it in. Okay. Have any of you ever, ever seen a dead body, like a corpse? Like I've seen, I've been to a funeral, but like, yeah, but but out but, in the but, wild, like no, not where you were supposed to see it. Yeah, yeah, not not a place where I was wasn't supposed to see it. No, yeah. Too, so I feel like you're trying to tie this into something, and I'm going to jump ahead and say that I am still very disturbed at the corpse that starts off the haunted mansion. Right when I realize that I look up <laughs> to the ceiling and see. Literally a suicide corpse that's, dangling from that's the That's exactly what I was about yeah. to talk about. <laughs> that's so unsettling. That? that is so unsettling. I, I, I don't know how you – did Did you guys like pre-prepare? For, like, no. no right? How did Matt because, Kelly see that coming? Because no, the short that, answer, is a, that is a thing that has genuinely scarred me since I was a child. So when you asked, I was like, I still at 38 am uncomfortable with looking up to the ceiling on the Haunted Mansion ride and seeing – whatever the dummy is that they have as a corpse dangling wow. from the rafters. <laughs> no, I, I, I well, mean, that, that's amazing. I, I have not either. <laughs> aside from, aside from open casket uh, wakes and that kind of stuff. I, yeah. I have never, uh, no, never. That's a horrific thing to have happen. And Disney has this way of like taking something horrific and you see this corpse hanging and then you go through this magical death ride with singing <laughs> demons. And like, that's what our record is. We take you, you see like the spooky stuff you're confronted with your mortality but gosh, it's a wild ride. I, I have I, to say, I'm super. Is the record out now? Is it, is it coming out? What's the January? Uh, yeah, in, in January we think. In January, having known both of you for a good few years now, it sounds to me like it will be both dark and fun. Yeah, yeah I, I think you two have nailed it. <laughs> Bye, boys. We, we, did, That's we, we did some real peanut butter and jelly. I know you guys. This is this was a really good subject matter for look, you two. Look, at, he's he's on a white background and i'm on a black i know it, it, you guys you're you're everything about this you're doing it all live correct the, the gimmick. hey matt you know how you said the guy who played the jaws trombones on smells like nirvana the tuba yes the tuba the guy who produced de la soul's last record plays banjo and mandolin on our pinocchio song really jordan katz that's tight, right? That is extremely tight. That's pretty awesome. You, I just guy, learned something about our album. <laughs> did you not know that? <laughs> and the guy, the guy, look, yo, look, look, yo. Oh, the guy dear. who, um, and the guy who produced Mike Doty's record and Handjob Academy's record produced the whole thing. Oh, oh yeah, I know that guy. Goose, good goose, good goose. AKA yeah, good exactly. Goose. Oh man, I haven't seen that guy in a minute. How's he doing? He's great. He's, he's producing he works, your record. He's doing amazing. He's, he's, I think we're getting to the point where we should wrap up the episode, Milligan. No, no, we're just now we're just catching up. I haven't seen these guys in a minute. So all right, all right. Well, we will be back next week with more weird algorithm goodness, and I'm sure both Schaefer and Lars will return in the in the future. listening to the Geekscape Network.